0: Well, I've been uh, fighting the flu. I've had the flu, I guess, for a week and a half now. So if my voice sounds scratchy or I start coughing, I apologize. Thank you for uh, listening in. Um, this episode is 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 really based on a quote by Henry Ford. Uh, he said, Whether you think you can... Or think you can't. You're right. You know uh, when you're fighting a mental illness, you you really have to believe in yourself and be positive. You know as as much as possible all the time, if if that is possible. But you know not to dwell on the negatives and not to get down on yourself about things that you can't do or things that you've always wanted to do and know that you won't be able to because of your depression um you know believing in yourself believing in yourself and being positive is, is easier said than done i i know that um especially when you are in the pits of a depression uh you know you just time stops and you don't you don't believe in yourself you don't believe in anything and all you want to do is lay around or sometimes even worse you, you you know you want to kill yourself and and not be here and not go through what you're going through you know but believing and understanding that things will get better making an honest effort to do things that will benefit your mental well-being it will always serve you well in struggles you're undergoing when you are clinically depressed, you don't think you can do anything. Negative thoughts and beliefs are the only ones that you know. And any plans for the day or goals that you have are like quests for fool's gold. Uh, I I, I was diagnosed by Buller 24 years ago. And the number of depressions I have had... Uh, <sighs> Dozens Dozens some severe depressions uh where you know, I just wanted to give up. And I, I did for for weeks, sometimes months one time. Uh but you know, there's always you have to believe there's always light at the end of the tunnel and you will you'll come to it eventually, usually not as quickly as you'd like to, but it does happen. You know, the the negativity of depression that invades our souls can be rendered lifeless if we consistently practice self-care each day. When we are of a mindset that things will never get better, then it doesn't matter what we do to prevent our moods from worsening or remaining flat. They just will. During my worst depression, I stayed in bed almost every day for, for a few months I did not see a light at the end of the deep, dark tunnel I was in. I felt sorry for myself. I didn't talk to any friends or family members, really, or any professionals who may have offered help. I mean, I guess I did talk to some family members who did try to help me, but I didn't think anyone could help me. You know, I I felt like I was a lost case for, for getting help and... I just wanted to give up, you know, I'm, when I was depressed back then, you know, for all those months, I, I got got out of bed to eat, I once in a while, I played a board game, I would always lose because my brain wasn't working very well and I couldn't think straight and but that was it, I mean, I didn't watch TV, I stopped reading, I stopped communicating with my daughters they are the lights of my life and always, they always make me happy when I speak with them or get texts from them. I hear about their days and and their lives. But I just, I was so lost in my shabby life, my not so much of a life that no one else and nothing else mattered. You know, and in my worst moments, My thoughts turned to suicide. Um, This was, uh, I guess this was five or six years ago, the depression I'm talking about. And before that, I had tried two unsuccessful suicide attempts. Um, You know, I'm very grateful and lucky to be here, to be alive today, to be uh, recording this for you. Back then, I told myself that trying to take my own life was the only way out. That would be the solution, the only solution. That I would never be happy again. How selfish is that? Was that? How foolish? You know, but stuck in the gloom and doom of a life-sucking depression, suicidal thoughts came back five years ago. I... You know, of course, I guess. I I did not want to start feeling suicidal and have those ideations again. I wanted to live, find a way to live. Uh, So I started going for long, brisk walks almost every day. I forced myself to get out of bed in the morning instead of laying around. I stopped going to bed so early, just laying there and ruminating about the bad shit in my head you know and soon after that I was able to start reading books again I could sit at my computer and do some writing and then a bit more writing I started talking with my daughters on the phone regularly I was winning games of Scrabble and Boggle. I played hooray this mood change took a few months And since then, I have continued to make significant lifestyle improvements since since those pitch-dark, gloomy days. I'm hoping that what I have learned can also help you or a loved one or a friend. So, uh, now I'm going to talk about the lifestyle changes I've made to improve my mental illness symptoms and again these were not none of these happened overnight it was a consistent effort over a significant period of time and i didn't start i didn't really start seeing the effects and feeling the difference until weeks or months or a month or so had gone by so you know what i do every day now is i check my moods daily i try not to let an episode sneak up on sneak up on me you know and i do that uh, i use the mood notes app i journal my mood on there every day i have a a partner who who is always there to talk to me who always listens to you know every nonsensical thing or every Highfalutin thing or hypomanic thing, and she listens and says something sensible and intelligent, and we talk about everything. And you know, I my parents, you know, they listen to me all the time too. Um, you know, I guess over all these years, they've learned how to tune out some of the negatives, but they also help me uh, a great deal. Uh, Another thing is that I notice the first signs of a mood swing and take action at the beginning. I pay more attention to my sleep. I eat healthier. I exercise. I meditate. Uh, If I'm feeling down, I cut even further back on my alcohol intake. And I talk to someone who understands the illness and who knows me well. As I said, my partner you know, and also my, my psychiatrist, you know, when I see him at least once a month, sometimes more, depending if I'm, depending on if I'm feeling down or hyper and he always listens. And, you know, the two of us having that conversation in my appointment, the 15, 20 minute appointment and getting those words out and hearing myself say them to him, it also helps so much. And, then we talk about maybe some some med adjustments, or cutting back on another med, or, or other things like uh, you know my eating or we he always as my psychiatrist always asks me about street drugs I may have used, and also about my alcohol intake, and both of those have a huge impact on on my moods. Um, you know I am honest with him. You know and you know i guess the the good thing for me is for him, with him is that I, we haven't really made radical med changes in several years now uh some adjustments you know we've changed the dose of my lithium uh my neurontin dose up my trazodone dose to help me get you know sleep better and uh the last time i was feeling hypomanic i Initial, again, right away, I called him and said, Doc, I need to come in. I need to talk to you. Um, and he, he told me, maybe you want to start taking this Vraylar, which is a antipsychotic. And it's a newer drug, and it's been known to help people get out of hypomania and, and manic episodes. And he said, take it for a little while. You don't have to take it long term. See how it goes after a few days. you know." And I took it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take anything new. I've been doing so well on the meds I was on. But I took the Braylar, Braylar uh, whatever you call it, for uh, three days, and my hypomania decreased, and I was back to feeling normal within a week or so, right after those few days that I took it, and I stopped taking it. And I still have it, PRN, but I, you know, it's not a regular medicine that I take. You know, After many up and down years of living as a bipolar addict, I have found acceptance in my life. I have bipolar disorder. I am an addict. I'm divorced, and I have been a live-away father to my two daughters since they were five and three years old. None of these things is easy to live with every day, but I have accepted them. After many years of failing to and always seeming to sink into the quicksand, I no longer spend an excess of time begrudging my difficulties and complaining to anyone who will listen. I am okay with my truth, and I do things to the best of my ability, knowing that I do have limitations. I accept my limitations. And I I am okay with them. That's, you know, 90% of the time that I am okay with them. You know, some days I just I get in a mood where I'm like no way. I I can do better. I could do that. I can go on that trip. I could go to that party. I could oh it would be okay if I, you know, smoked weed this one time. It wouldn't have a, you know, a really bad effect on me, but, but yeah, you know, I know it will, I know it does. And, you know, again, with some foresight and, and my ability to think clearly, I'm able to make good decisions about my life and to help me be vigilant about, about my mental health. I must remain rock steady in my convictions to wellness and in being a good father, partner, son, and brother. Uh, You know, during the worst of my depressions and, and in my manias, I was not a good father. I was not there for my daughters. You know, just making plans and breaking them or or not communicating or saying and doing crazy, crazy things that I'm embarrassed about now. Uh, I just, I don't want that to, to happen again. And um, I'm doing the best I can, you know, to for my daughters, Emma and Abby, uh, because I... I want to be in their lives. I want to be a good part of their lives and to support them and help them and and just be there for them you know all the time. I must be fairly strict with my routine. When the comforts of home and what I'm accustomed to are not there, things, you know, they they definitely become more challenging for me. Life gets a bit more difficult whether I'm visiting my daughters or staying at my partner's house, you know, I, whether it's how, where I sit or where my books are, or all my things that I use, like my computer, my iPad, where they are and they're charging all these, they're, they're so minor, but like, you know, I, I've learned that I, I really need for my, my sanity and for my, My wellness, I have to be fairly strict with how I do things and and where I do them. So when I'm away from the comforts of my house, I have to seek out those missing comforts and find reliable substitutes. This, you know, I mentioned before the struggle with routine, uh... You know, even like like I said for the past week or so with the flu, it's I'm off my routine. I'm not exercising every day. I haven't been writing. I've tried. I I haven't been able to. And I've wanted to do this podcast episode for several days. I'm just like, can't I can't do it. So I'm just off. I just feel so off. And today, you know, I felt like, well, you know, it's about time, Damien, that you sit down and. You do that episode and and maybe do some riding and, you know, maybe get to the treadmill or go for a walk. I don't know if the exercise is going to happen. I'm still taking the meds and not feeling great. But, you know, I am happy with myself that I was able to sit here and do this today. You know, the struggle with routine, it's been a problem for me since I was diagnosed with bipolar. For 22 of those years, I did not want to accept I had an illness that needed near-constant attention. Now, my number one priority every day is being vigilant about my, about my mental health. If I take care of that, things in my day are more likely to fall into place. Achievable goals, however small, are more likely to become realities. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap wrap this uh episode up with uh some some of my tips things that I do for acceptance wellness caring and long-term stability. I mentioned, you know, earlier that I take long brisk walks most days a week, you know, for the past several weeks because the weather's been so cold here in PA, I have been using uh, my mom's treadmill machine, and I love it. I, I really do. I mean, the calories I'm burning. I'm, it's such a good workout, and you know, similar to when I get done with the walk, I I I feel my mood get better, and my everything lightens, and I'm able to, you know, think clearly, and I'm able to be present, and I have more energy for the day, uh, you know, exercise is so key, so key for, for anyone with, uh, with bipolar. Um, you know, I also, I meditate every morning for 15 minutes. Uh, I use the Headspace app on my phone. It's a great app. Uh, you know, it's, it does cost for a subscription, but for me, it's just so, so worth it. Uh, again, I'm, I'm present and I'm, and I'm focused and I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of everything around me and I'm in the moment and I'm able to think about nothing but what is important to me and about the day ahead. And they're guided meditations too, from, you know, any topic you could imagine, you know, stress or eating, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, your meditation is a uh, is a great a great great thing, you know. I I have avoided all street drugs and addictive prescription pills for eighteen months now, and made a huge difference in my life and in my mood stability. I was even sober for several months uh, last year into this year, and it also helped me, you know, uh, because I. I'm an alcoholic, too, along with a drug addict. Um, I went to rehab last year. And I guess, you know, sitting around in those rooms and hearing people tell their horror stories, I was, like, thinking to myself, I am so lucky that I didn't go through that or I'm not that bad. My life really isn't that bad. I It can be managed. And And that's what I think about, you know, Whenever those thoughts come to me about oh smoke a weed or or taking a pill or whatever it is like i just I, I don't want it I don't want every all this to go away um so you know these days, no drugs and drinking you know maybe uh a couple glasses of wine a week that's it um you know what all, what has also helped me is that I have read dozens of non fiction books and memoirs on mental illness and addiction. You know, I talked about them in the first uh, episode here and really, really, really good stuff. And also have they all have helped me. Uh, the ones that I mentioned. Um, I mentioned earlier too about being honest with my psychiatrist and my therapist now. I've been seeing a therapist for two months and I've been honest with her about everything and she has has really helped me. And it's just like a You know, it's like this full circle of, of support and help that I'm feeling. Uh, Psychiatrist, uh, therapist, partner, daughters, parents. Uh, You know, I, I am very lucky. Um, You know, a big thing, big, big, big thing that I will mention, I'm almost done now, is uh, sleeping responsibly. My goal every night is seven hours to sleep. That puts me in an optimal state for all other aspects of my life. Uh, When I look back, when I think back on my hypomanias and my manias, it almost, I think, almost always started, if not always, with lack of sleep. Even if it was one night or several nights on minimal sleep, just, how much that like you know has such a bad effect on your moods and you know, I use a white noise machine these days and uh I read, I put my iPad away usually if if I'm not reading on the iPad, but I don't play games, you know, an hour or so before I go to bed and I get myself ready to sleep and I take trazodone and melatonin at night, which both of which also helped me sleep. Um, you know, and the last thing is just, you know, that I am present for and honest with my best friend and partner for the past two years. She understands me. She never judges me, and it's helped me grow mature and be a better person. Uh, I I don't know. I really don't know if I would be here if it wasn't for her. Uh, I am extremely lucky to have made her a friendship and acquaintance and have her in my life. Um, and I think you just, for for anyone out there, like, you just, if you haven't found that person yet, they're out there. You know, you just have to be selective and, you know, uh, and, and not... Uh, and, and try to avoid being around people who are toxic for you, who are not good for you, who bring you down or promote bad moods. So, you know, thank you again for, for listening. You, all of you who are listening, you can do this. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Stay strong. Never stop dreaming. Don't give up. I'll be back in uh, like a week or so, or or less than a week, to uh, do a a next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening.